Welcome in everyone and thank you for listening to the 160th ever episode of the Missouri Sports Podcast brought to you by 106 Apparel and recording from the Revel Advertising Studio in beautiful Springfield, Missouri. I'm one of your hosts Cameron Albert alongside my good friend and fellow Mizzou fan Kyle DeVries. How are you doing today Kyle? I'm doing great Cameron. How are you? I'm doing well. Um, we were just talking before about this lovely fall weather that has over- oh, overcome us. I love it. I'm, I think I'm like wired weird or something where... Well, that's true. That's definitely true. Um, I, I just... This kind of weather just makes me happy, man. Like, I don't mind the cold and I'm just... This kind of thing makes me happy. Like, I was with my family the other night and they were all like feeling kind of depressed, like thinking about daylight savings time coming up and all that stuff. And I'm just like, I don't even mind it. I, no. It's fun. It's I, a fun time of year for me, at least. Y- you've, you've radicalized me to your line of thinking over the years and i'm with you i'm all in i still love summer i like it less and less as i get older and i really appreciate the fall i appreciate the cool mornings Mm. i appreciate the fact that i can drink my coffee in the morning and not immediately start sweating yeah have the windows open yeah it's it's very it's very beautiful yeah it's very nice and it's football weather of course of course that's Um, probably what it really is that's probably why i like it so much (laughs) i mean it doesn't hurt and like where I work the last few years, it's like we're crazy busy in the summer and less so in the winter. So I can actually like feel appreciation Take a for breath. the winter. Yeah. Yeah. If it was the other way around, I could never do what I do because if we were busy and it was hectic in the winter when it's awful and cold, <laughs> I would say forget it. All right, Kyle. So we have to talk about today uh, a basketball commit biggest one in years for Conzo and company we have the SEMO game to recap and the Boston College game to preview but before we do that special thank you to all of our Patreon uh, subscribers as well as our YouTube subscribers and anyone who has left us a review on iTunes or the podcast service that you use Uh, we appreciate all of you for checking us out on those different platforms and leaving us a like on the YouTube video is always appreciated. So Kyle, Aiden Shaw picks Mizzou. Four-star, like top 50-ish player, according to all the recruiting services. He's a 6'8 forward from Blue Valley High School in Kansas. Um, This is, I think, if it wasn't, if it was a different time of year, if it wasn't like football season, I think this would be getting more hype. But... This is a huge get, I think, for Conzo and staff. Um, he's the highest rated recruit since Conzo's first recruiting class with the Porters and Tillman. And according to 24-7 Sports, he's the 12th highest rated all-time recruit for Mizzou basketball. Yeah, this has been this is awesome, and it's so good to see Conzo finally land one. I know it's been a kind of frustrating last few recruiting cycles, and the fans are frustrated and it's just especially the way they operate just kind of in secret and then not landing some of the guys that you that we've really felt like they should have a a shot at some of those in-state guys so it feels good to finally get over the hump and land a difference maker and a, a player that you know other programs of our caliber wanted and I think that's that's just one indicator that you know I think we've seen the last few years hasn't really been there and a lot of the guys we land and it doesn't always mean an mean that the player's not good but um that that's a, typically a pretty good measuring stick especially for the fans is to kind of see who else wanted this guy and um Aiden Shaw was obviously um in the mix for a lot of different schools so um 
it's just great to see Conzo finally uh, accomplish uh, what we've kind of felt like we hired him to do. Yeah, I mean, there's been like half a dozen players around this kind of recruiting ranking um, or better over the years, and we missed on just about all of them. I mean, Mario McKinney w- was much lower in the than uh, Aiden Shaw in the recruiting rankings. We got him, but obviously that didn't work out. So, yeah, um, he had offers from Arkansas, Creighton, Iowa, Maryland, Oklahoma State, Texas, USC, and several other uh, high major programs. So getting him on board at this point is huge. Uh, there is one other commit already for the 2022 class and it's uh projected to be a pretty small class so getting a player of this caliber who i think has the uh, the ability to come in and contribute day one but also develop into like an all-conference type player who will stay three or four years yeah i mean he's just the perfect recruit for um kind of a, a versatile positionless style of basketball um he's six eight super long can can defend and can shoot um, really from anywhere on the floor. So kind of just brings in an incredible element of versatility and skill and, and talent and probably some pretty good athleticism as well. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I, I'm not sure that he's going to have to be depended on day one when he comes in, but just because some of the guys that we have currently on the roster will be a little bit older and more experienced whenever he gets in there. So hopefully he'll be able to kind of just naturally progress into the rotation and um, maybe this will be his team a couple years down the road from now. But um, super I, exciting. I think he'll be challenging this current incoming class for playing time. I hope so. Right away. Yeah. And um, maybe a couple of those guys will take a back seat once he kind of gets ingrained into the program a little bit more. Yeah. In high school, he he had kind of like two different styles of play, depending on if he was playing for his high school team versus his AAU team. Uh, for Blue Valley, he was just kind of like their go-to guy all the time and he would shoot a lot of threes block a lot of shots there's like several highlights of him blocking a shot on defense and then coming down and draining a transition three it's like jordan barnett-esque oh yeah yeah like a taller jordan barnett that would be really cool but he's probably not quite as athletic probably not jordan barnett but uh yeah i mean you said it about the positionless basketball. I mean, I think he will be able to guard three positions at the college level, maybe four eventually. You could potentially put him on a two guard at some point in his career. So Missouri has kind of struggled with defending the rim at times and having a guy who can switch and get back and have long arms and block shots and run in transition that's he really is like the prototypical type of forward for modern college basketball positionless Mm -hmm. basketball yeah that's that's one thing that's fun about uh basketball recruiting too is just you land a couple of difference makers and it can just change your entire program (laughs) you know it, it can it takes sometimes years and years in football recruiting to finally get the guys in your program to run your scheme and all that stuff but in in basketball it can really just take a couple of of recruits that hit um to really change the trajectory of the program so I certainly think that Aiden Shaw is capable of, of being that kind of player, so it's going to be exciting. I think he shot 35% from three uh, his senior year, so if he can, if that translates to the next level, then he will definitely see a lot of playing time early. For sure. All right, so Missouri had a football game against SEMO 
it was a blowout. They won the game 59-28. to 28. Um, It was not close at all in the first half. Missouri did whatever they wanted to do on offense. SEMO's offense got going in the second half against Missouri's reserves, and that had some fans concerned on Twitter especially. So we'll talk about that. But uh, first of all, Connor Bazelak and Tyler Beatty did whatever they wanted to early in this game, especially Tyler Beatty. I was, like, ready for them to pull him after one drive. Like, yeah. he had a, a long touchdown run to start the game, and I was just like, okay, we know he's good. Like, go ahead and sit him down, rest him for the SEC schedule. Yeah, I was kind of in the same boat with you. I was a little bit surprised at how long he played. I mean, I think it was almost – was it into halftime was how long he played? Um, we were actually talking about this a little bit before we started recording, but you know those guys like Tyler Beatty, Connor Bays, like they they want to have a shot at you know maybe you know having some great stats from a game or playing against inferior competition. It's probably pretty fun, especially if you're just coming off a tough game against Kentucky. It's probably fun to get to let it loose against a team like Simo and just really see what you can do. Yeah, I mean, if you're Tyler Beatty and you're having to like grind out 25 plus carries in an SEC game, yeah, you you need one of these to just kind of a little reward, bump almost. up the stats a little bit, score a few touchdowns. He scored two touchdowns on the ground and one through the air. So yeah, he was all over the place making plays. He's number one in the SEC in all-purpose yards. Well, he's being de- heavily dependent upon, yeah. dependent upon, but he is a great player. Yeah, he's also first on Missouri's team in uh, receiving yards and receiving touchdowns. That's ridiculous. Yeah. Still early in the season. That should even out as we get going. Hope so. Yeah. Uh, Bazelak was super sharp right out the gate. He started the game eight for eight throwing, I believe. But then the second quarter, something was off. It looked like on the uh, broadcast, he kept like shaking his throwing hand between plays like it was hurt a little bit but the broadcast never really brought it up and the coaching staff did not seem concerned he Bazelak didn't seem concerned about it there was no discussion uh, so he stayed out there but just got to the point where he couldn't really connect on deep balls and I really don't think it had anything to do with his hand or else we would have heard more about it but he looked so sharp for the first like 10 or so throws and then like six throws in a row were just off and that kind of inconsistency is kind of what we've seen so far in each game where he'll have a spectacular throw a deep ball to a fast receiver and then some of those deeper throws later in the game are just not really that close are you concerned at all no i don't think so um yeah i feel like we kind of know what Bazelak is for the most part um but yeah i mean he he has to improve um at the deep ball i think that's just that's pretty much objective number one for his improvement right now is, you know, we, we've seen him throw the, like the crisp short passes, you know, he's super accurate, but um, yeah, we got to be able to extend the field and, and prove that we can make the big play or else so we can open up some of those intermediate underneath routes and the running game and stuff like that. The deep touchdown to Boo Smith, Bazelak threw it like to the middle of the field and allowed Smith to kind of run under it. And it was an easy touchdown. And I think that's what they need more of moving forward is let, you know, throw it. It's, you know, pretty basic deep ball concepts. Throw it to the side of the field where your receiver can kind of run under it and make a play. And I think even like earlier this season, Dominic Lovett kind of said to him, like, after a play, like, let me run under it. He was like motioning to him, like, 
that went over this way. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I think that, uh, yeah, it was Dominic Lovett or Boo Smith that did that, but um, it was good to see Dominic Lovett and Mookie Cooper be a little bit more involved in this game. I think that's kind of maybe the key to Basilac's improvement in that department is I think both of those guys can be deep threats. Um, obviously, they can outrun probably mostly anybody. <laughs> Lovett looks so good. Yeah. He's, as, as a fr- He just freshman. looks so polished yeah. and, I don't know, very smooth. Yeah. Uh, Chance Looper has looked awesome this year too. Yeah. Um, I guess it what what it comes down to for me on like the execution of the offense against Simo is they kind of had to resort to just getting the ball to fast players and letting them be faster than Simo. Yeah. And they started out executing perfectly. Bazelak then started to not be able to hit guys down the field, so they were like, okay, that's fine. Let's just throw short passes to these fast guys and let them run. And that's that will you could do that all day against inferior athletic competition. But that's not really going to work in SEC play when the defenses are actually faster than you. So I guess that's where my concern is that we need to be executing like the vanilla offense down the field against inferior competition because, you know, route running and good throws is what will help you win a game against an SEC team. Just throwing it short and letting the guy run fast is not going to get it done against Florida. Yeah, I mean, I agree with you. It may have just kind of been Drink wanting to experiment with some different plays and get the ball into other people's hands and stuff like that. Um, I don't know how much the play calling changed in the second quarter, but yeah, they they didn't look quite as sharp, but um, I'm not too terribly worried about it. All right. I'll settle down. <laughs> um, Michael Cox had a big second half. He yeah, had a, he had a 55-yard run um, where he looked big and fast and hard to tackle. I'm telling you looked guys, really good. Michael Cox, he he's my boy, and he's gonna. I don't know. I I can't I can't believe he was a walk-on. First of all, I mean, he just looks like a beast, and he was a beast in high school. Uh, but I he's I mean he's gonna make a difference I think at some point in his Missouri career I mean he's just a freshman right yeah so yeah he was impressive he was trucking dudes and then yeah a pretty rare combination of like size and speed yeah like, man, he's, he he could be pretty good looked good um at some point in the second half Tyler Macon came into the game he completed his first pass for a touchdown to JJ Hester mm-hmm. JJ Hester looked fast yeah. Yeah, J.J. Hester, I, I you know we haven't really seen him on the field a lot, but he looks a little bit bigger than I was expecting, like mm-hmm. in a good way. Mm-hmm. He looked really fit and very fast. So, yeah, I mean, we already knew this, but Missouri's wide receivers are good, and I just they need to be put in situations to utilize their skill sets, and I think that was definitely done well for the most part in this game. And Brady Cook had some run at quarterback as well. He had a touchdown pass. He was 4-for-4 four four throwing the ball. Um the offense looked pretty good uh, yeah. throughout the whole game. Yeah. There weren't really any issues there. They kind of slowed it down a little bit. Uh, the fourth quarter, they just kind of bled the clock. Mm-hmm. But uh, what about that defense? What about those defense reserves that kind of uh, didn't didn't look so hot in yeah. the second half? Yeah, that was disappointing um, to see. Like, and I'm pretty sure Simo took some of their starters out too and just to get some of their younger guys some run. So that was – that was concerning. That I mean, a lot of those guys are playing their first college games ever, so I don't want to 
sound the alarm and say that Mizzou's going to be bad for years or something like that. Um, but we we know that Missouri has some depth depth issues in certain positions. They're they're pretty thin at linebacker. You know, after their first two starters, um, the D line looked a little soft. Uh, but you know. I don't know. I think there's still a lot of talent, a lot of potential. I mean, some of those younger guys, there's going to be there's going to be holes that need to be filled in the next few years, but I think there's definitely some some pieces that are are going to be just fine. And like Travian Ford, I mean, pretty sure he hasn't practiced in a long time. He had an Achilles injury that he's been rehabbing and that was his first college snaps. Um, but he looked good out there for the most part, so there's some exciting pieces. It just didn't really. Uh, it was it was disappointing to to watch on Saturday, though. Yeah, the the Missouri starters on defense though did what you want them to do right. against oh, yeah, the FCS opponent. The starters look great. I mean, they got up to thirty eight to zero. I think is yeah. is the score at one point in the game. Basically, and that was when, a halftime. I think whenever the the starters kind of started filtering out, so really no concerns especially for like this year's team i don't have any concerns as far as like what we saw from saturday's game they looked really good unless several players unless. get hurt yeah well um uh, i forgot what i was gonna say we have had pretty good health so far in the season for the most part yeah everybody's knocking on wood uh jay macklin's supposed to be coming back soon i, w- I think Devin nicholson did go down in this game i haven't heard an injury report from him so hopefully he's doing okay yeah. Not Devin Nicholson. Um, Darius Robinson. I'm sorry. Yep. That's a pretty big difference. <laughs> I was like, oh, I missed that. <laughs> um, anything else about this SEMO game? Um, we talked about in the preview just the the defense not letting SEMO run the ball, which they yeah. did successfully in the first half. In the yeah. second half, SEMO, uh, this is their fifth game ever against Mizzou. SEMO got their first ever and second and third and fourth <laughs> touchdown ever against Missouri in this game. Yeah. In their fifth matchup. Yeah, for the most part, I mean, I think what we wanted to see was uh, Missouri be dominant early and be able to take their starters out early. And, I I mean, I was kind of hoping that they'd be able to take the starters out by the third quarter, but I felt like they, they could have done it even earlier in this game. So this was a glorified scrimmage for the most part, and it's, it's fun to see. You know, we watch Missouri play all the time, and they play – you know equal competition and so you don't really realize how good some of these players are until you see them p- play against inferior competition yeah. and you're like oh okay these this is the reason why these are sec players they're right. fantastic football players yep and this is the final score doesn't reflect it but this is very different in like game flow than the missouri state game a few oh, years yeah. back when we oh, were yeah. very concerned because Missouri State was scoring in the first half yes. against the starters. That was Missouri fighting for their life yeah. uh, with their starters playing pretty much the whole game. That right. was totally different. Yeah. Um, okay. So we are on to Boston College, Missouri. What do you, what do you think about Dave Steckel on the uh, on the call? Okay. I thought he was pretty good. Yeah. I, I was saying to my wife, like, those – the SEC network, like, streaming broadcasts when – a team is playing an FCS opponent is absolutely just like, okay, we know only Mizzou fans are watching this broadcast. Right. So every Mizzou player like has a chance to play in the NFL. And if Missouri looks good, you know, they could be scary down the road. That's just like yeah. the narrative. Yes. And so of course they bring in a, a former Mizzou coach to do play by play or yeah. do color commentary. And I thought he did okay. Yeah. I thought he had some good insights into like the defenses that were being run and like what the offenses should do in different situations. 
he just wasn't very polished on the mic which is to be expected but overall i thought he did fine yeah i agree with you i thought there was like some couple of just like awkward moments but for the most part like yeah he did a good job kind of analyzing what the defense uh, was doing he predicted some plays that the offense was about to run and stuff like that i mean this is the kind of thing this is the kind of game where you don't really mind something like that a guy who clearly has ties to both teams and um it's not a super important game on the schedule so i thought it was kind of a fun addition to the game yeah i mean if if he was just like some random color commentator that they brought in for this game right then i would have probably thought he was well i I don't know i would have thought well this is sec network (laughs) plus alternate for you streaming but i wouldn't have thought like this guy's never called a game in his life yeah all right boston college missouri taking a long road trip up to massachusetts what do you think about that just in general i think uh coach drinkwitz had a comment like I don't think we're pulling a lot of players out of Massachusetts. Probably doesn't make the most sense to have a, a road matchup that far away. Yeah, um, I think there's definitely some questionable non-conference games that Missouri's played in the last couple of years and then have, a couple on, more. have yeah. on the future schedule as well. But And I, this is probably one of them. Um, yeah, I think Coach Trinkwood's made a, a comment that he would prefer to probably play a more reasonable, uh, more regional opponent. That's reasonable. Uh, reasonable for... <laughs> For um, recruiting and just I know, probably, I mean, when they scheduled this game, Boston College was probably not a very good team. I think Boston College is probably a lot better than they were thinking they would be when this game was scheduled, probably like 15 years ago or whenever it was. But yeah, um, yeah I mean, it, it's kind of cool just because it's something different. But if I, I don't hate it, yeah, it's fine. Yeah, um, Boston College was like poised to have kind of one of their best seasons in a long time. But their star quarterback, Phil Jerkovic, went down with injury in their second game of the season. So we will see their backup, Dennis Grossel, I guess how you say that. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I hate it for the player. Um, obviously, a guy who probably had a, a pretty good shot at being a top draft pick and may still have that opportunity. I don't know if he'll come back for another year or not because I think he's a junior. But for Missouri's chances uh, of winning this football game, it's a totally different outlook than it was before Phil Jerkovich went down. Sorry, pause for a drink. Pause. Drink Drink break. Um, drink up. Yeah. Boston College is a pretty solid team. They haven't played anybody Nobody. this season. They're, uh, I, I can't even figure out who their best opponent is that they've played. It's definitely <laughs> not uh, FCS Colgate. Not Colgate. Who they beat 51-0. to zero. But and they, I think they still had their quarterback at that point. Correct. Yeah, he went down like after four throws in their second game against UMass, which they won forty-five to twenty-eight, and then they just beat Temple twenty-eight to three. Both of those programs not great. Temple is pretty terrible, so we really don't know how good Boston College is at all. Yeah, this is definitely their first like test of the season for sure and i mean i think that the fans for boston college would probably say the same thing they don't even know how good their team is especially losing phil jerkovich so this will be um kind of a measuring stick for boston college to see uh, how good they are and that scares me a little bit um just kind of walking into a game like that not really knowing exactly who your opponent is but yeah uh they have a player in wide receiver zay flowers who is really really good all conference uh all s all acc type player i think he could very well be the best one of the most talented players on the field for either team 
on Saturday. Uh, he can make big plays pretty much anytime he touches the ball. And they like to use him a lot of different ways. I mean, as you would expect from like the most talented offensive weapon, they'll uh, send him on reverses and yeah. th- throw it to him out of the backfield and, and stuff like that. Knowing Missouri's defensive tendencies uh, this year, especially, I would be shocked if they didn't try and get him going on at least three oh, yeah. or four different reverses or something like that. Yeah. I mean, why wouldn't you? Right, and they're going to try to get him going down the field for deep passes as well to set to kind of like open things up for the run game. They're very balanced on offense. They um, even though this is the backup quarterback, he has played for several years for them, and he's not afraid to go throw the ball 30 times, 40 times if he needs to. They're not afraid to have him do that. They don't want him to have to do that. They want to rely on their running game, and I think that's what they will definitely do against Missouri is be like, okay, let's see if Missouri can stop the run, and if they can't, we'll just keep going to that mm-hmm. and then sprinkle in some like screen passes and, and deep shots as well yeah i definitely feel like the worst possible game script for this game would be for boston college to get out to an early lead maybe 7-0 10-0 something like that and then just feel like they can coast like with the run game because they probably can yeah so you know the the best thing i think is for missouri to get out to an early lead force boston college to have to pass and to try and get back into the game and that's that's going to be the best case scenario if 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 they are in control early and are able to just run then I'm a little scared. Yeah. On a, on like a series by series, look at it, being able to get Boston college in like second and long third and medium plus Mm -hmm. situations is going to be huge. Um, Boston college's first down execution, specifically running the ball. I think it's going to set the tone because if Missouri can kind of get them on their heels after first down and you know, just if they're getting, you know, four or five yards every single time they run the ball, just about, and then break off a few big ones. We could be in for a long day. Mm-hmm. Does the uh, infamous backup quarterback uh, legend kind of scare you at all in this matchup? Um, I know a lot of fans are kind of get. I feel out. like uh, the, in my head canon for Mizzou backup quarterback uh, lore, it's more like a game time decision or yeah. like a player gets hurt during the game and the backup comes in when like the wheels fall off at least that's the way i kind of remember it that's exactly what i was thinking i mean that seems they'll be able to prep for this quarterback specifically right yeah i i'm not too worried about it i know that's that's happened in the past with uh like south carolina or like vanderbilt a couple of years ago just had a randomly their backup quarterback is playing and we lost that game and that kind of stuff does freak me out but i think this is a little bit different yeah um in Boston College's game against Temple, uh, they got out to an early lead, just like you were talking about, and then they I, they only threw the ball 15 times in that game because they didn't need to. Mm-hmm. Um, but their defense was strong enough to just not even let Temple score a touchdown. Temple only scored three points. And outside of one, they, they threw like a backwards pass to Zay Flowers that went for 47 yards. But outside of that, they averaged just three point four seven yards per carry on 38 attempts so that's not that impressive right against temple yeah i I definitely don't think their run game is like super scary i mean obviously missouri's run defense is their their stats are absolutely horrible for this year i mean the worst in in power five by easily by a mile um and i'm pretty sure the second worst is might be kansas but missouri's awful at stopping the run we know that um but 
Wait, Martez wait. Manuel said they've been working on it. Oh, they've been working hard. Yeah, yeah, that'll that that's good to hear. I don't remember where I was going with this. Um, oh, that's uh, but they've played Kentucky, and Kentucky's yeah. a fantastic run team, and, and so, Central Michigan, and Central Michigan, right? Yeah. So, I think that we probably have hopefully this is me maybe being a sunshine pumper Let's have hopefully it. seen the worst of it, the worst that uh, that Missouri's going to look stopping the run just because we've we've played a really good a really good team in Kentucky, and maybe it just took a little bit of time to figure out the the scheme against Central Michigan, but. We'll find out. We are going to find out because I know for a fact Boston College is going to try and run the ball. Yeah. yeah. As they should. Watch out this prediction time. Watch out. Boston College, first play of the game, just the hardest play action fake you've ever seen in your life. Probably, yeah. Missouri better be ready for it. Yeah. I, I do think it's funny that, you know, Coach Shrink is kind of almost challenging his team in, in press conferences and stuff like that. I mean, he just comes out and says we're terrible at stopping the run. and. Yeah the other team should never not run the ball <laughs> he right. just comes out and says it because that's that's where we're at right now and that's the weak part of the team and that's the obvious place that p- other teams can take advantage of us so it and it just has to ap- improve if missouri is going to want to win eight or nine games this year uh, which was a lot of people's expectations maybe even us coming into the year so they got to get it figured out yeah boston college is definitely going to key in on tyler Beatty and try to make anyone else beat them so obviously that means Connor Bazelak and the other Missouri receivers are going to have to step up and make plays. And I still think Tyler Beatty will have a solid game, but they are going to do everything they can to make sure he doesn't just like dominate. I yeah. think they'll be watching him every time they'll like have, I think they'll have a player assigned to him just to make sure that he doesn't get loose. I think that's a fair assumption, Cam. Um, it's what gonna be a high scoring game. You uh, okay? That's where I was. That's where I was going with that. I, is Boston College gonna be able to slow down Missouri's offense at all? I, I, I probably not. I think there's gonna be a shootout. To be completely honest, they did give up 28 points against Massachusetts. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Missouri's offense is great. Um, no concerns whatsoever at this point okay. uh, for Missouri's offense. Um, I I think they they're efficient. They're they're talented. They're explosive. I'm, I'm really, at this point, my concerns are all defensive-related for the most part. Surely they can get enough stops. I think so. I think Missouri's a two-point favorite on the road yeah. as of right now. Yeah. What do you think? Oh, man. I feel like i got to predict a win, but going on the road to Boston College and the defense looked so bad. Shipping up to Boston. Yeah. Backup quarterback. Uh, Vegas doesn't care. I think Boston College would have been like a three-point favorite with I think they would have their been starting quarterback, I agree. three to five maybe. Mm-hmm. So I guess yeah, a touchdown swing with the quarterback. Yeah, uh, I yeah I think Missouri does enough in this game. I I think they I don't know if I can say they're going to figure out the run, but I think they'll do just enough to be able to slow Boston College down. Um, I think their offense will will be competent enough to to carry them a little bit. Um, I think Missouri wins 41-34. I wrote down 41-35. Oh, my gosh. Terrible prediction. <laughs> Sounds like we're on the same, same uh, brainwave there. Kyle says 41-34. I say 41-35. As far as game script. Missouri wins. Yeah, I mean, that, that could uh, easily be f- reversed. Oh, for sure. Yeah, Boston College, ACC team at home. 
never know what can happen whenever Missouri's traveling all the way across the country for an 11 a.m. game too. That's not great. But yeah, I think Boston College fans will show up as well. Yeah. Oh, this is a excited. huge game. It's a huge game for them. Yeah. So, anytime you get to have an SEC team at home, I think that's a big deal. Yeah, and a team that you can beat for sure. Yeah, the first kind of real game of the season. Got to see what that backup quarterback can do. Yeah, they're going to be pumped. It's always like, you know, we're we're in the middle of the football season, but whenever you're playing SEMO, it's kind of just like, ah, oh, I wish we were playing some. I wish we had a bigger game this week or something. But this is a big one. This is uh, kind of, you know, we, we have a, a few toss-up games throughout the year. There's not a lot of opportunities to to beat teams that are similarly yeah. ranked as you and yeah. you have to take advantage of those opportunities when you have them missouri did not beat kentucky that was already one of those opportunities so they pretty much have to win this game backs are against the wall if they do if they lose this um i'm afraid this season is already looking a little a little more disappointing than we hoped yeah it will depend a little bit of course on how they look if they lose but yeah if the defense just gets steamrolled then we can start to think about some of those other kind of toss-up games probably not going Missouri's way or at least they won't be favored in them yeah all right we're both predicting a win let us know in the comments what you are predicting give us your score prediction if you're really close we'll give you a shout out next week predict something different from us though because <laughs> uh we've got the that high scoring touchdown win yeah lockdown all right we are Ready to pick some more games, I do believe. We are on to SEC Pick'em Plus, Nebraska. And we have a new guest picker this week from our Patreon audience. If you want to be the guest picker, just sign up to our Patreon page. Uh, Subscribe there and support us there, and you'll get some perks. One of those is you could be a guest picker on the show. Producer Cameron, how did we do last week? Um... Not too bad. And by we, I mean and, you and I. Unless and, you're me. And, yeah, 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 yeah. And Britt, and Britt. guest picker. <laughs> yeah, Kyle missed. I took some risks. Yeah, and they didn't pan out for Kyle. Too you got to well. do that sometimes. So, I'm going to have to keep doing it now because uh, I'm way behind. Cam and Britt both got 11 points. I got 10, and Kyle got 8 points. Oh, that's not as bad as I thought it would be. Well, it's it's never that bad. I mean, you're, you're, but you're not each usually week, gonna... if it's not bad, true, it adds up. Yeah, if you're bad, every, just a little bit bad every week. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so our total points right now, the guests and Cam are at 19 points. I'm at 16. Kyle is at 14. Okay. Sad enough. Oh, we're cut out for me. <laughs> Sad enough. All right. All righty. I might get squirrely this week and pick some great big upsets. They, there's some opportunities this week to make some moves so let's see what happens uh who's we got a new guest picker this week ryan ryan let's see what he's got we're not picking the alabama game it's over 40 point spread forget it not not even worth it what did he say this is not financial advice (laughs) yeah yeah he had some funny comments i'll I'll pull those up do you have those in front of you uh i can he had some like some little analysis for each game that i thought was pretty all right, game one, number two, Georgia at Vanderbilt. Georgia is a 35-and-a-half-point favorite. Probably Georgia win that one. Yeah. Thought you were getting squirrely. Not yet. Okay, I agree with you, Georgia. All right, everybody's got Georgia. Georgia's a given, according to Ryan. <laughs> Easy point. 
All right, LSU at Mississippi State. LSU is a two-and-a-half-point favorite. Uh, give me the home team. I hate – I'm sorry, Mississippi uh, State. Bulldog fans, but if there's, I'm sure there's a lot listening to this podcast. Uh, I don't like you guys very much. You're hard to, the to fans. predict. The fans specifically, you don't okay, like them. Okay, the football players and Mike Leach, I don't care for you because you're really hard to predict what's going to happen, and I think I've missed both games so far of your season. And I want to pick LSU. Ooh. I, I'll take the home team. I'll take Mississippi State. Me too. All right. And Ryan also has. When it's 3-1, to one, Kyle doesn't have a very good track <laughs> that's record. That's not so. good. Hey, it's an opportunity. It's uh, funny. <laughs> Alrighty. Uh, number seven, Texas A&M. At number 16, Arkansas. Texas A&M is a five-and-a-half-point favorite. Oh, man. That's a number little Number 16, Arkansas. I know. That's actually a little bit bigger spread than I thought it might be. Really? At Arkansas? Mm-hmm. Jeez. Or where is it at? It says A&M versus Arkansas. Oh, what the? Why is that one different? <laughs> let, me, let me look that up. Okay. What are you thinking? Um, I kind of want Texas A&M to win for some reason. Yeah. Well, I'm, yeah. Like, I'm kind of just like, hey, Arkansas, chill we're, out. Yeah, I mean, we're about to put – yeah, chill out. Stop uh, rebuilding your program so quickly. Yeah. Um, we are about to play A&M in a few weeks, yeah. and I kind of feel like that game is more fun if a and is undefeated coming into it. Yeah. They are playing at AT&T Stadium. Oh. So, neutral site. Oh, neutral. Uh, give me an A&M. Even though I'm a little bit scared, Arkansas is kind of legit. I, that, okay. Well, I'm picking A&M just because I hope Arkansas is not. Okay. I'm, I, don't, I don't want Arkansas to be good. Man. Quite yet. That's gonna be a good game. I thought if, it was if that Missouri Arkansas. was undefeated right now, then I would want Arkansas to win, I guess, so that we could have a really, you know, you think juicy matchup at the end of the season. Both teams are still just gonna be undefeated at that point. Exactly. <laughs> um Don't poke holes in my logic. So you're both taking A <laughs> and M? Yes, please. I guess. All right, Ryan and I are taking Arkansas. Ooh. That'll be that'll be a fun. I one was to watch. thinking Arkansas was at home, so I was more inclined to do that. Now I'm not so sure, but if I change it and get it wrong, I'm going to be mad. So they might have the uh, power of uh, Jerry Jones behind him. Ryan says Arkansas is hot and will continue to be hot. Okay, that I mean that's true. Alrighty, Georgia State at number three, Auburn. Auburn number three, is Auburn. Number three, Auburn. Auburn by a million. 20, 27 point favorite, if that matters. Give me Auburn. Everybody. They let me down last week. Everybody yeah. got Auburn. Okay. Oh, okay. I have to bring this up really quick. Let's hear it. I did pick, uh, who was it? Memphis and <laughs> yeah, Mississippi, Mississippi State. State. Yeah. And there was a totally freak play that happened in that game with the, uh, and like the SEC put out a statement about it yeah. and everything. Cost Mississippi State the game. I mean, it kind of did. So I'm a little, I was a little salty about that. Because yeah. I th- thought my Mississippi State pick was going to come through for me, and then that happened. Where There was a goofy play in the Penn State game. didn't end up being yeah, a thing because Penn State won anyway, but they, Penn State just like lost a down oh, yeah. on a drive. Oh, yeah. That was, was like, really weird. And all of a sudden, it's third down. Yeah, they, Forget it was down third down, and they thought it was fourth, so they punted yeah. on third down. Did Vegas throw out the Memphis-Mississippi State game? Good question. I don't know. Well, if they did, we'll throw it out too. What? Oh, I, I, I genuinely I wasn't even fair. expecting that. But okay, thank you, producer Cameron. That's very wow. sweet. Wow, that's very sweet of you. 
We'll have to look into that. Wow, compl- look what <laughs> complaining gives you. <laughs> All right, change my mind. Never mind. Okay. Did we pick that one? Yeah, everyone took Auburn. Yep. Okay. Tennessee at number 11, Florida. Florida is a 19.5-point favorite. Florida looked okay against yeah, they, Alabama. like, competed with Alabama. That doesn't happen very often. Yeah. Like, Alabama jumped out to an early lead. Maybe they just kind of yeah. chilled out a little bit. But so. uh, I still think... Florida beats Tennessee. Yeah, sure. I agree. Give me Florida. Everybody on Florida. Mm-hmm. Kentucky at South Carolina. Kentucky is a five-point favorite. South Carolina at home, a five-point? Five I don't know. I'll take Kentucky. Yeah, I feel like Kentucky wins this easily, they, right? I mean, they barely beat the mighty Chattanooga uh, last true. week, though. They beat them by, like, five points. If Kentucky's not legit, the Chattanooga just has an NFL D line, right? They were able to slow down their run game. I don't think so. If Kentucky's not actually good this year, I'll be so sad. I I think South Carolina is pretty bad, so give me Kentucky. Yeah, me too. Kentucky, Kentucky all around. Ryan predicts a blowout. You might be right. Alrighty, last game: Nebraska at number twenty, Michigan State. Michigan State is a five-point favorite. Ryan says low-scoring affair, but MSU will come out on top with the win. I'd put money on Nebraska putting up less than 17 points. I feel like when I watch Nebraska, which is uh, unfortunately more than I feel like it should be, but they're on a lot, yeah. uh, Adrian Martinez like looks good like uh, mechanically, I feel like athletically but they're just i don't know i don't know if it's the team around them or what offensive line bad scott frost oh, scott frost bad he's bad anyways uh give me michigan state in this game it's uh, only five po- where's where it being played michigan state and five points yeah michigan it, state's like number 20 i agree i feel like you bet that bet it uh this is not not, fi- not financial advice no <laughs> but yeah michigan state by more than five i agree Take Nebraska. Oh, <laughs> oh my. Free points. Free points. <laughs> it's like only reason Cam's not winning so far is because he just keeps making Nebraska. Yeah, we're going to be tallying it up at the end, and like every Nebraska pick I've got wrong is going to be the exact It'll distance be the from me to the yep. winner. Handicapping yourself. We appreciate it. Yep. Thanks they'll, a lot. They'll win eventually. Uh, Enough to pick them every week? Mm, probably no. not, but <laughs> we'll see. All right, we're taking Michigan State. Ryan takes Michigan State. Oh, yeah. All right. Good luck, everyone. See you on the gridiron. Yeah, gridiron. Yeah. Give anything else you want to say to the to the folks? No. Uh, enjoy every single one of these football games. It's a short season. Don't uh, don't be sad if Missouri's defense doesn't look too great. Just try to enjoy what the offense is doing. There's not very many games left already. I've reached that point in the season where you're already thinking like, man, I wish this would last forever. Yeah. I'm sad that it's going to be over. I do that. I really yeah. do. I'm like, oh, man, we're already like 21.6% through yep. the year. I do that at a concert. At like yeah. two songs in, I'm like, oh, man, this concert's going to be over before too long. <laughs> I can actually confirm you literally leaned over to me and said that at a concert once. So that is definitely true. Do you want to thank the Patreon subscribers? Yeah, okay. I do. A uh, special thank you to our Patreon su- supporters at the $10 level and above. Britt Treese, Brian Smith, Ryan Lee, Tristan... Ben Smith, Parker, Daddy JD, 430 Horse, and Lewis Hernandez. 
Thank you guys so much. <laughs> I apologize that I my line actually <laughs> comes before that line. Well, so. that's more important anyway. So. Okay. All right, everybody. You can uh, find this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and Spotify. That was the other one. We're on Twitter at Mizzou Sports Pod, and you can email us at Missouri Sports Pod at gmail.com. You can find our t-shirts and stickers on our online shop, MissouriSportsPod.BigCartel.com. Thank you, everyone, for listening. We will see you next week. After a minute.